All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, 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 welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, coming to you live, Oilers Nation YouTube, presented by Play Alberta. Dot C-A, where uh, last night, of course, uh, 16 games in the uh, National Hockey League, a game seven that saw the road team win again in Major Leagues of Baseball. It's a busy night. There was, uh, there was no line on the amount of uh, tears of frustration you would have and also uh, no winner for Lotto Max. So guess what? Friday's Lotto Max draw, five, or sorry, $50 million. And uh, two... Max Millions. Get your tickets at playalberta.ca. Well, good news, Order fans. It was a record-tying night last night for your team. Yeah, that's right. They tied the NHL record for most too many men on the ice penalty in one game. Is it a record that you want? No. But it's a record that uh, you now have. The uh, Oilers, uh, last team to do it, was uh, the Phoenix Coyotes in 2011-2012 uh, uh, season. It happened in January of 2012. And actually, the Oilers are the first team to ever do it in the month of October. It's happened in November and December and January. Never in March, February, and now October. So, yeah, it was, oh, my goodness. 
how do you describe last night's game? It started okay. Right? The orders get the first goal to get it early. And then they had a five-on-three power play where I think the one error was they kept feeding it to, to Evander Kane, who had a really good game, but Evander Kane's not a great passer at the NHL level. Right? In the real life, sure. But compared to guys like Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale McDavid, I wouldn't want him as the distributor down low on the five-on-three. That's really where they miss McDavid. But the orders, it's three to two, and they're up. And, you know, they score early in the second. Warren Fogle, second of the game. And uh, then Jack Campbell stands on his head because make no mistake, the orders were leading three to two after 40 minutes. They weren't deserving to be leading three to two, but they were. And that's what your goalie has to do sometimes. But when you continually allow the opposition prime quality chances, shift after shift after shift, guess what? Eventually, the dam's going to break. And uh, Jack Campbell, hey, I didn't like that Hartman goal in the third period, no question. After the orders, when Kane's deflection made it 5-4, they're close, and they come back. Uh, Bouchard's pinch at the blue line. Well, it's not even a pinch. I'm not really sure what he's doing there. Caught in no man's land. It was like the easiest out e- ever. And uh, then they come down the ice, and uh, Hartman, you know what? Yeah, he fanned on it, right? So Campbell thought it was coming faster. You're going to make the play. It's like a change-up. And we've seen guys, major league batters, whiff on changeups all the time. So, you know, it's not ideal, but I was game over. And the Edmonton orders, what the blank is happening in the third period for this team? How can they be this bad in the third period? Last night, game six, was the first third period goal they've scored all season. And it came on a power play. I I don't understand it. The orders are second in first period goals. So bad starts really aren't the orders. It's not a major issue for them. They know how to score in the first period. Now I know four of them came in Nashville, but still, uh, you look, their first periods have been good. And then it just progressively gets worse. They've been outscored now 10 to 1 in the third period. 10 to 1. And in a lot of the games, the 10 1 is reflective of how the game has gone. We keep hearing Jay Woodcroft talk about, well, it's not up to our standard. Do you know what your standard is? That's my question. What's the standard? Clearly, they don't know what it is because at minimum, In four of the six games, they have played below their standards. Last night, for sure. Philadelphia, 100%. Game one, yep. I would argue the Nashville game, I know they scored six goals. And Jack Campbell, so I guess that was above their standards. Like, wow, we'll rely on our goalie standing on his head. Like, the only win they have this year was when their goalie made 42 saves. Yes, they scored six goals. They gave up a lot. They continue to give up quality chance after quality chance. And the only guy who's kind of been immune to it is Leon Dreisaitl. You look at Leon Dreisaitl's numbers at five on five. 
on this team, they're remarkable compared to everybody else. But they've, they've got some guys like Evan Bouchard last night. The First of all, you know what? It, it's almost like some of their defensemen are immune to boxing out or they're, code, they're like, whatever you do, guys, don't box out. Like even Matias Ekholm. On that second goal. Now, I don't love, although it hits a guy up high, it's kind of hard to control it off of your chest, right? And then Campbell tried to absorb it off his chest. It drops down. But if you're boxing out the player, which you should be, then that rebound doesn't go in that easily. At least there's more of a battle towards it. So we'll talk about that on the show today. We're going to talk about the Oilers through the neutral zone you might as well put them in those bright orange jackets that people on the road, you know, when you go through a construction zone, lots of the GS construction people, you know, they're out there. Guess what they got? They got the red little uh, jersey on. Well, it's a vest. And they're waving you through. Come on, keep going. Come on, come through. Well, that's what the orders might as well be wearing in the neutral zone. Because it is just, oh, is this a freeway? Speed right up here. No problem. Gain the zone with speed. Create a great good chance off the rush. Game after game after game. All right? So I don't know what the system is. I don't know what the standard is. But either way, it ain't good. Now, if, if they want to continue to play four in a box, all right. Either the and, and it's almost like you can't say the players can't play it because against Winnipeg, they're pretty decent. Five on five. Winnipeg didn't score a goal five on five in that game, and it wasn't like Skinner was bombarded like Campbell was last night. They did a pretty good job of not giving up too many quality chances. Of course you're going to give some. It's the NHL. I get it. The other team's got some good players. But the Oilers giving up quality chances off the rush. Last night they got absolutely destroyed off the cycle as well. But slot shots, slot shots, like if there was one thing you'd want to prevent, it would be slot shots. Give them the outside. But right now it's like, oh, here's the soft underbelly. Why don't you just go there? We're not going to make you pay the price. I don't understand it. And we'll hear from Jay Woodcroft. Unfortunately, the uh, press conference was too late for me to do it and then get to the station in time today. But um, plus I had a previous meeting. But anyway. The, I, I want to know how continually from because even in the game they beat Nashville. Look at how many slot shots. Look at how many high danger chances they had. Way too many. So even in the law, even in the lone victory, it's been an issue. Um, there, there's no, there's no miracle cure here for the Edmonton Oilers. There's not some magical trade that they can make tomorrow that's going to solve the woes of this team. Because I'm telling you, one player can't do it. Collectively, as a group, they need to wake up. Coaching staff has to coach better. Players have to play better. Goalies have to save better. Defenders need to defend better. Forwards, maybe slow down the opposition in the neutral zone. I don't know. Get in a lane. But last night, the third period, and really the second half of the second period, like Jack Campbell made five 
to quote Rod Phillips, stupendous saves. It was ugly. And look, now they got the Rangers coming to town. What what makes you believe that tomorrow night could be any different? Now, hey, they they looked like a better team against Winnipeg, but they lost. And and maybe it's just because it's because it's Minnesota. Because what did we say yesterday in the show? They can't win in Minnesota. The Oilers can't lose against Nashville. They can't beat Minnesota. They just can't. Right? They're one of their last ten games home and away against Minnesota. They can't beat them. So. That's what they got to hope, but my goodness. You're now 1-4-1. One, and one. It sounds crazy, but by the end of October, first place in the division might not even be an option as Vegas just continues to win. It's crazy. that You could be that far behind this early in a season. So I look at the orders. You know what? There's no one immune here. It's not, oh, fire the coach, that cures everything. Are you kidding me? I don't care what system the coach puts in play. The players can play it better. Even if I don't love the system, they can at least play it better than they've played. Or a hell of a lot more consistent. So, you know what? You want to get rid of the coach, you want to fire the coach, great. That's not solving your issue. Okay, it's not. This team... Needs to nut up, show they want to compete nightly, shiftly in the National Hockey League. It's that simple. Do you think their competitive level matched that of Minnesota's last night? No, it doesn't mean they didn't work hard, but Minnesota outworked them at key times in the game. And they outworked them mentally, no question. Because the orders continue to make some bad errors. Like, hey, if Evan Bouchard's going to make a wrong read because he's more of an def- offensive-minded defenseman, I'll live with it. But this is three goals now where Evan Bouchard, what's his best skill set? Handling the puck. Not three times this year directly from Bouchard. Not being able to handle the puck. Goals come in. Not a lack of boxing a guy out. Not a lack of physicality. A lack of simply handling the puck. And if he can't handle the puck, now you got a real issue. So he's got to bear down. Right? Every little play matters. That's what you learn about the playoffs. Every shift matters. You know what? I don't care if if you're not going to perfectly make the right pass every time. Handle the puck. And if you have to put it off the boards and out and it's an icing, so what? But, and, and the head coach, you have seven defensemen. At some point, is there anyone other than the six, seven defensemen and fourth line wingers who ever have to miss a shift? Like ever? Is that not allowed? I, I coach you eleven. Trust me, I never bench any player. It's you eleven. Everybody plays. When I have a set power play, when I have a set penalty kill, because it's you eleven, and everybody plays. This is not you eleven. This is the NHL. It's your job. And some days, if you don't have your job, others get to play more. It's that simple. But at some point, it's got to be a little bit more tough love here, I would think, from the coach. You can't just continue, oh, hey, guess, no problem. You get right back out there, you know, try to live up to our standard. Well, they're not living up to the standard. 
Last night, that third period was one of the ugliest periods. And really, think about it. Three too many men on the ice penalty. In, and they could have had more. Like, my goodness. It's like you have grown hockey players who have played this for a living who all of a sudden are like, I don't know who's going. When am I supposed to go? How is that possible? And and the thing was, like, it's not like, you know, you look at certain too many men in the ice panel and you're like, geez, that's kind of a chintzy call by the ref. Right? Or you're going to the bench, the puck takes a ricochet and suddenly it accidentally hits your skate. And you're like, oh, God, now I got a penalty. Right? No, no. Those you can kind of live with. Connor Halley, last night, those two men on the many men on the ice penalty were 100% well-deserved every time. And they could have had a few more even. Yeah, I mean, it really makes you wonder, like, what is the level of focus, readiness for this game when you can't complete the simplest of tasks? Obviously, we know there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be breakdowns. It's the, the highest level of hockey in the world. Those things will happen. But when the little things mix in like that, Gregor, it really starts to make you wonder, you know, the preparation. How, how focused are you on the game? If you can't complete the simplest of tasks of knowing when or when not to hop over the boards, what more, you know, what more are you going to struggle with? And it's just those little mistakes that they just pile up for the Edmonton Oilers, things that we haven't seen in a long time. Like I, I was talking to some people saying, I remember the Oilers being this sloppy defensively, but it was pre-Woodcroft towards the end of Dave Tippett's run. There was a game against the Florida Panthers specifically where it was just terrible defending in their own end. And those bad habits have crept back into the Oilers game. And I don't know if it's lack of preparation, if it's starting to believe the offseason hype or what it is, but you got to figure it out because like you said, Vegas is starting to pull away. Other teams are going to start to do so as well. And if they keep this up, you know, right now we can say it's only six games, but how long before we get to game 15, game 20? And if they're still doing these little things, Gregor, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Oh, Yeah. So, awful. On the show today, we got lots to talk about uh, the orders. Also, uh, we'll get to uh, who is it Wednesday. A uh, little tip for you. A uh, little hint for uh, who is it Wednesday. Uh, that's coming up uh, momentarily. Uh, we will have uh, Louis DeBrusque is going to join us uh, right away. You know, Former player, of course, uh, ace analyst for uh, for Roger Sportsnet. Just get, get his thoughts on, like, how can you be this soft- in your own zone in front of the, in the slot. How can they, it, it, the opposition just continually gets chances from there. Like this isn't a one game thing. We're talking six games, six games. So uh, a big issue. So hear from him. Uh, your will be by uh, spec. Mike Rupp will uh, join us. I'll uh, break down the uh, night. How was it in the States? I know a lot of Canadians that get to watch it. Unfortunately, the, uh, the hockey frenzy, but it, it seemed like it was a success. Quite a few, quite a few people liked it. Obviously. I think the uh, Canadian fans would say, Hey, yeah, that'd be great. Maybe we could watch it next time. And I totally understand that. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll touch on that. Uh, also, we will hear from Mark Spector. And more on a busy Wednesday edition of the Jason Gregor Show. We've got a lot of texts. You can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Uh, who is it Wednesday? This is a gentleman who, of course, uh, has a championship ring. He has played professional in uh, in two different leagues. He's a multiple-time uh, all-star. 
In his leagues. Well, in one league, he was. We'll give you a few more hints later. We'll come back. Louis DeBrusque. McGregor Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. 224 as we continue on Wednesday afternoon. The Gregor Show, Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation. Uh, coming to you from the Ewell studio. Oh, geez, you know what? Might have to get the gents and the ladies from uh, Ewell. Send a little spark. In other words, of course, uh, for all your electrical needs. Thank you, E-W-E-L, but who knows, might have to send a little shock to the uh, blue and orange. Get them going because uh, right now, not a lot. Not a lot going for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Mama, last night was not good. As we get to our big guest of the day now, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. They're in action tonight. Want to go see some? Hey, there's a team that's rolling. You're, you're not happy with your hawking viewing lately? Well, get down to the Grand Fury Arena. Check out the uh, Saints tonight, and pretty good chance they could win. Taking on the Kodiaks. SpruceGrowSaints.ca. Get your tickets online or at the door as we are joined by uh, Sportsnet analyst Louis DeBrusque. Big man, Louis, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Jay. How are you doing today? That was my song I came on to there. I know. I, know I It's funny. Every time I hear that song, I, I, it brings me right back to the long fight I had with Marty McSorley at center ice. <laughs> and in the dying moments of that fight, when I was literally gassed and I was exhausted, I could hear that song playing because they used to play it in the old Coliseum there. And I was begging for the Zebras to get in there and break it up. Please come in, linesman, and help me here because I was done. But uh, that's funny. As soon as you played that, I started thinking about that and laughing because... Yeah, she used to play it when I was fighting, which is kind of crazy, but pretty cool at the same time. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's the con man. Uh, he knows all the good music that, that fits in, so I love it. Um, no, that brings back good memories. Uh, thinking back to last night does not bring back good memories for the no. owners or their fans. And I, I got to ask you, Lou, you played a lot of hockey. Can you explain to me what's, what is their defensive structure right now? Because the thing I don't understand is that it, like, it's just like, oh, it's like a welcome mat. For slot shots, it, it shouldn't be, yeah. but that's what it is. So, is it? Are they not? Like, do they not understand the system? Are they not doing it? What are you seeing? Well, What's the breakdowns I, defensively? Well, you know what? Listen, when you talk to the players, they seem to think they know what they're trying to do. It's about doing it all on the same page and doing it together and having communication. And that's a word that's been thrown around a little bit too: is miscommunication, not in sync. I know Ryan Nugent Hopkins has talked about that. For me, it doesn't matter what system you're playing, though. Jay, whether you want to play man-on-man, you want to play a zone system, you want to play a hybrid of both of those systems and have your own tweaks, whatever it is, for me, you have to protect the front of your net. Simple as that. And they are not doing that. And we've, we've talked about it. We've showed it in replays. It's, it's one of those things where I think they're thinking a little too much. I really do. And we talk about this with young players about coming into the game, and sometimes they're overthinking. Sometimes they're trying to do too much. It seems like everybody involved right now is thinking a little bit too much and not acting. And we have had this conversation over the years with this team before about many players in in the area of someone that's dangerous, but nobody's taking that said player. And last night, the one goal for me was, you know, the Erickson goal. I mean, there was three players in position to somebody take that player and make sure they were there aware of them and be a defensive um, stronghold and everybody moved up and Nugent Hopkins and Darnell Nurse was on the ice. I mean, these are guys that absolutely know what they're doing on the ice and he's in behind, Huck goes down to him, he has 
he makes a great move. Give him credit. He makes a backhand, a forehand, tucks it upstairs. But at the same time, I just don't even think he should have been alone there. I don't think he should have had any time at all that close to, to the net. And that's if you look over the course of this year, and I started going through the even strength goal, shorthanded even strength, that's four and four, three on three. I think it's up to around 14 goals that are within eight feet of the net, eight to 10 feet of the net. And that's just too many. That's too many. That's an area of the ice they just have to clean up. They have to get harder, and they have to make it a difficult place to go to. And they're not right now, and teams are feasting on them. It's just, it's you know, listen, they scored four goals last night, and that should be enough to win a hockey game in this league. And that's something they've always talked about. They want to make sure their goals against are down. And for whatever reason, they're just not in sync with the new system they're, they're trying to work right now. It's not catching on. There's been little stretches of it where I think it's been really good. And that's the thing. It's about doing it over the course of a whole hockey game. You can't just do it for 10 minutes in a period and then back off for five minutes because it's costing them. Right now, any mistakes they make are costing them. And that's just the way things are going right now for Everton. Well, and to me, like when when I compare the Winnipeg game to the Minnesota game, that's where I look and say it can't just be the system because clearly they knew how to do it. It was... I thought they were really good in that game, too. Jay, I did. I thought the two Saturday games they played at home were their two best games of the season, by far. Yeah. Not even close. And you know what? Listen, they didn't win either of them. And that's just how hockey goes sometimes. But I thought, you're right. I thought they were in sync. They were, they were skating. They were acting. They were just in the moment. And, uh, yeah, I wish I could put a finger on it. I tell you, I've, I've called all the games, and I've watched them, and I've watched the replays, and I've looked at it again, and I'm just – it's just mental lapses where you're not paying attention. You're not taking a look behind you. There's no awareness of where the danger is. And teams right now are funneling to the middle of the net. They're really urgent to get there. And they are getting there. Now, on the flip side, Edmonton is a hardworking team. And I know that the players have talked about this, and I agree with them. When they're in the offensive zone, they are grinding to get to the front of the net. They have to battle through bodies and sticks and grabbing and a wall of a stick that's put up in a cross-checking motion. And if you look, they still get in there. The Hymans and the Canes and McDavid's and Dreisaitl's and all the guys. I mean, these guys are getting there. They're getting to the spots. But every loose puck up for grabs is an absolute battle. And you have to win those battles even to get a, a, a decent chance. They're giving up way too many great A's. Oh. So, it's, it's, it's the flip side, right? So you have to kind of look in the mirror and say, okay, listen, teams are making it really difficult on us to go out there and get a chance. And they have to start looking in the mirror and saying, we have to make it way more difficult for teams to get chances in front of our net. It's just, it's literally just buckling down and having that urgency around the goaltender. Because I thought they, they did not play well in front of a guy last night. And the second period was all real. I oh. thought he, and that's where it started. Listen, you can talk all you want about the third period, but it started to yep. build throughout that game. The starts of both periods, the first and second were great. I thought Fogel really had a game, but again, they got dashed as well that line because once they got hemmed in their own zone, they just weren't protecting the front of their net. Louis DeBrus from uh, Roger sports that joins us and a little like box out. I, I look at, you know, the first goal, Bouchard stands there, get a stick and a guy can't deflect it. The second goal, uh, yeah, I get that it's a rebound. It's up high in the chest. It's hard to control. Exactly. Like, Ekholm has been in the league for over a decade. He's a big, strong body. He's well, not boxing yeah. out a guy. And I got to tell you, you know, and listen, he's still come along. I mean, he, he's not making excuses. I talked to him yesterday. He's coming. He's getting more ice time every game. It's veteran players right now, too. It's guys that you wouldn't expect to make these mistakes. 
It's the entire team. I'm not putting this on anybody. I know Bouchard's had some tough nights. He has. Every time that guy bobbles the puck right now, it's in the back of the net. He's got the Holloway syndrome from the start of last year. Anything he does wrong is going to show up on the score sheet. And sometimes that's just the groove that you're in. He's, he's doing things offensively. He's, he's producing, shooting the puck in the power play. Love to see that. But man, oh man, when he bobbles that puck and he's not hard in his defensive zone, he's getting punished for it. And, and, but I'm not pointing him out in, in particular. I'm pointing the whole team out. Everybody to a man, especially in their own zone, have to battle a little bit harder and make it more difficult in the opposition because they're having their way. So, Louis, like, to me, I know everybody's, oh, it's the coach, it's a system. I disagree. Like, I, I, I don't maybe love the system, but as you said, I don't care what system you play. There's no system out there that says, hey, just leave the front of the net wide open. No, I don't care what it is. So you, you got to play it better. But to me, at some point, and I know it's early in a season, but at the same time, you're one, four, and one. And you know what? Outside of, you know, two games and the other four games, you've been pretty atrocious defensively. At some yeah. point, doesn't the head coach you know, got to send a message? Somebody sits down a shift or two or something like it just seems like it doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. They just keep putting out the same guys for the same minutes. I think he's made a couple statements. I think he Vander Kane being knocked down the lineup trying to spread that out. Obviously, he responded to that, and good for him. I know he had words, didn't like the fact that he wasn't playing, and I don't think I'd want anybody not happy that they're not playing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's the one currency that a coach has, no question about it. He can start to take that away. I really think he's just hoping they work through it. For me, and, and you mentioned something there, Jay, that really that it stood out for me. Um, I would say with the exception of two games, and that's the two Saturday games that I've talked about, and even the 6-1 win in Nashville, they were not the faster team. No. They didn't play the faster team. You know, they weren't playing, moving the puck, letting the puck do the work for them, in sync, supporting, where it looks like things were happening quickly for them. The four games, other than the two Saturday night games, they were the slower of the two teams. And we didn't see that a lot last year. This is a fast team that plays quick when they're going. So for me, there's something lost in translation here. And I know that nobody really wants to talk about it. I understand it's a work in progress, and they're, you know, they're, they're going over it in practice. They have it in video. It's about executing it on the ice, and they're not executing it right now. When they do in stretches, they put teams on their heels. I mean, the starts of both first and second period last night, it could have easily been 4 or 5 nothing for Edmonton with the power plays they, got, they gained in that first period from putting the pressure on Minnesota. It didn't happen. But – uh, they just can't seem to maintain that for any length of time. Um, and it consistently in games. Like I said, the two Saturday games, I have to tip my hat. Those are the two best games, and they came out with one point. And that's tough. But the other games they lost, the other team looked much faster. They were hungrier. They were more urgent. And I, I honestly think that's – I think it's mental. I really do. I think mm-hmm. they have to mentally get more involved in the game, be ready, and just go out there and compete. Just compete. And it's, you know what, it's always an uphill battle when you're trying to transition into a different system, when you're trying to figure out new things. You just have to go out there and compete. But the one thing you can always do is just buckle down and make sure that you're making it really difficult for the opposition anywhere around your net. That's urgency in the feet, urgency in the mind. And when you mention that they've looked slower, I don't think the orders are a slower team overall. No, that's, that's why I'm saying it's surprising to yeah. me. 
Yeah, like yeah. And it, that's disappointing. And that to me, you know, sure you can play fast when you're making passes and and they're crisp and away you go. And as you alluded to earlier, you know, you're reacting. You're not just thinking. So if yeah. you're not practicing often, Louis, because you know the orders didn't practice yeah. today, right? They got a morning skate, and you're not going to you know have a high energy morning skate. So is it they got to just hope to get through this New York game because then they have two days between games and they play once and they have three games and then they can hope that they can you know, like have a reset hard practice on that Monday and Tuesday the following week? Absolutely. And I, and I, and I really do think that it's repetition. It's, it's just doing things over and over. There's a reason why you see teams do the same drills all the time. They're building habits. They're building an identity. And they do the same thing in Edmonton. There's a lot of things they, they do a lot of. They do change the drills, but the principles are the same. And I, I just think, you know, you just have to continue to keep buckling down and working until it becomes second nature. And we talk about that all the time. You do something that's uncomfortable enough times, it becomes comfortable, it just becomes what you do. And that's where they're trying to get to right now. They haven't got there. They obviously have not got there. No. Um, and you can see the frustration. I, I mean, listen, these guys want to win every single game, every single battle. It's not happening. And you can see the frustration in their eyes. You can see the frustration in their body language. And... You have to reset, get prepared for the next game. It's the greatest thing about the game is that there's 82 of these in a season. There's 82 games. So when you have a tough game like they did last night, you regroup, and you've got another opponent coming here Thursday that's going to be hungry as well and a very good team. And sometimes that's what it takes. I honestly thought the Winnipeg game was going to be that stepping stone for them. I really thought that was a playoff atmosphere game. It really was amazing. It was great to be down at the bench and watch the pace of that game. Um, but it took a toll. It took a toll on the team. I mean, those are games with a hard fought, but that's where you dig in. That's the kind of limit you're trying to get to. And you're trying to put that standard up there that you can start to repeat over and over again. The good teams in the league, Jay, they have a standard they play to, but when they're panicked, they manage the game really well. And I thought throughout this season, especially last night, it was glaring. Edmonton just got a little bit up the ice, a little bit too far at times. They just left their zone a little bit too eagerly. A little turnover. Now you're coming back. You're trying to find your positions. Off the cycle, a little too eager to get up into the middle. You saw the three players I talked about on that. Ekman, uh, Erickson, Ekbol. And, you know, it's just it's a, that tiny little lapse. You give skilled players a chance. I mean, Edmonton does it to teams all the time. You, you allow one of the top players to have that chance and tight around the net. More often than not, it's going in the net. And they do it all the time. Right now it's happening to them, and they just have to shore that up. They really do. They have to get it in. Uh, in control and in control quickly. Well, Louie, we'll see what's uh, in store uh, quickly. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, uh, there's the game, but there's also a huge honor for uh, Doug Waite and yeah. and Charlie Huddy. Uh, do you I'm have excited a- for it. Two great guys, two amazing Oilers, and uh, two of the best guys around as well. So uh, it'll be a, an amazing night seeing both of those get honored and having their names go up. And uh, rightfully so, Jay, uh, two of the great Oilers. Do you have a favorite Doug Waite memory? <laughs> God, you know, he had one of the quickest wits. He does have one of the quickest wits you're ever going to see in a guy. Um, always quick to say something, be involved. You know, the first time that I actually met Doug Wade, I came in, I was driving from London, Ontario, all the way to New York for training camp. I drove in, I was late, like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. I got into the hotel the night before training camp started up. And I kind of came bursting through the door. And he always tells the story that he was dead asleep. He got woken up, me busting through the door. And here I am, this you know, long-haired big guy that comes into his room. He's a college kid. And he's like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Uh, but one of the best guys, uh, loved playing with Dougie. 
uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he's one of those guys that kind of had a beat on everything that was going on in the room and always had something to say about it. Louis, thanks for your time, my man. We'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Okay, sounds good, bud. That's uh, Louis DeBrus from uh, Rogers Sportsnet. So, as he said, it doesn't matter what system you're playing. There is no system that says don't protect the front of your net. None. Not one. And you know what? You got way too many players making wrong decisions at key times in the game. Many. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And it's easy to want to just blame the coach. I don't buy it. I might not love the system, but the system doesn't say, hey, let's just gift Chance after chance off the rush. Let's gift chance in the slot. Like we said, they played the exact same system against Winnipeg that they did in Minnesota. Are you telling me you're sure it's just the system? I think that's a little naive. 240, that was our big guest brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. Uh, we'll get more. we got a lot of texts to get to, 833-401-1440. Remember, also coming up at uh, around 420 today, your chance to qualify and help your neighbor where you can gift someone a brand-new high-efficiency furnace from Legacy Heating. That's coming up at uh, 420 today. And, whew, got a sweet pair of seats for the Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy Hall of Fame induction tomorrow. We'll give those away. Be, uh, before 6 o'clock as well. It's a Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live in Orders Nation YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, it's a great tune, baby. Exemplify the uh, orders right now. Okay, we got a lot of text line in 833-401-1440. Also the comment section at uh, YouTube. Everybody's fired up, as you should be. It's frustrating to be an order fan right now, I would think. Disappointed. Six games in and your team's barely showing up. Gregory, everybody talk about the system. I played hockey and understand hockey and most likely to understand the system if you give it an explanation. This can't just be uh, 
Not hard to understand. Can it from tomato soup? No. And and here's the thing. I And I've said it many times. I think people are using the system as an excuse. It's the exact same system they had against Winnipeg and Minnesota. Right? It's the exact same. It did not look remotely the same. And the other thing is, they are getting absolutely murdered off the rush. They're not spending a vast amount of time in the defensive zone. Right? It's it's not like we see them getting lost. Now, in front of the net, without question, that's a problem. But there's no system on the planet that says, hey, let's expose ourselves in front of the net. Not one. None. Now, if, if you're trying to play a little bit of a passive, because, you know, it's it's a zone defense that looks like they're playing. And like I said, like they, they're not stuck in their zone a ton. Right? But they're playing a little bit zone. Right? Some would say box four plus one. If you want to say it's kind of probably the simplest way to explain it. Right? But right now, they are allowing penetration to the middle of the box far too regularly. It's embarrassing, to be honest, how easy it is for the opposition. And not just like last night, they got killed off the cycle, which is probably the first game all year they got killed off the cycle. And that's Minnesota strength. But they've been getting crushed off the rush. Scoring chances off the rush. They're just like, hey, we're Oprah Winfrey. You get one, and you get one, and you get one. Everybody gets one. It's ridiculous. Play harder. Like the, there's, there's so many few systems for National Hockey League teams, right? And you, you, you know, I have slight different terminology. It's rarely, rarely that the system is suddenly the reason why the Edmonton orders, because the system doesn't, the system doesn't impact your work ethic. And the system doesn't impact your your brain or your intelligence. And it doesn't impact your inability to handle the puck. Right? There's no system that says, hey, guys, why don't you allow those guys to stand in front of the net? We won't box them out. There's no system that says that. There's no system that says, hey, why don't you stand in front of the net? And we'll never put a stick on you. We'll just let you deflect pucks all over. There's no system there. Okay? That's not systemic. So I, I I'm sorry. I think the system excuse is a crutch. It's a crutch. The team's playing like crap. Their give a bleep meter is barely registering too often, especially in the third period. How can you be that bad in the third period? I don't understand it. So uh, we'll get to it as we get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. We're uh, stopping right now. Maybe you need uh, something to give you a smile on your face. Well, how about a brand new 2023 Volvo, any model, and you'll get $5,000 off. They're blowing them out right now at Volvo Cars Edmonton. Dot com. As we uh, welcome in Tyler Yaremchuk from uh, Orders Nation. And uh, Ty, where do you come out? I think the system excuse is an excuse. It's a massive one. And I think it's an easy crutch because I don't blame the system for the lack of intensity and smarts that's happened that has not been frequent enough for this team. Yeah, I, I'm with you 1000%, Gregor. As soon as we started talking about this in the preseason, I like cringed up because I was like, oh, this is going to become a narrative. The Oilers are never going to be an elite team in their own end or anything crazy like that. And as soon as people started talking about a changed structure in the D zone, I was like, people are going to latch on to this and it's going to become a thing. I agree with you. What you said, Minnesota last night. Yeah. They got beat up on the cycle a little bit before that. Go back through the games. They were getting beat off the rush. Mm-hmm. They were getting beat on odd man rushes. They're, they're getting beat because they had dumb turnovers in their own end. None of that has to do with how they're picking up the high or low guy in the defensive zone. I think you were bang on. Yeah. Like it's, it's a big issue. And, you know, there's hesitation. Like the, Evan, like clearly confidence is a factor at times. 
Like Evan Bouchard, you know what? He's never going to be the most physical defenseman. That's fine. Every player in any sport is going to have strength and weaknesses, right? Some linebackers are are better at uh, at tackling. Some guys are better in coverage, right? And that doesn't mean that they're bad if they're just a little weaker at the other. But Bouchard's big, biggest strength is when the puck's on a stick, normally he makes plays. There's three goals now in six games that are a direct result of Evan Bouchard mishandling the puck. That, to me, is a concern because it shows a guy whose best asset right now is one that he doesn't even have confidence in. Yeah, and I had someone point out to me, I talked to Bruce Kerlock on ON every day today, and, and he's usually pretty good at breaking down the systems, and he wondered if maybe there was something with Bouchard where the game's moving too fast for him right now, and maybe that's where this new system is throwing him off a little bit. He's thinking about a 100 other things and not about what he does best, which is moving the puck up ice. There's also, and this is maybe a microcosm of the whole team, there's some bad luck at play here, Jay. I mean, Bouchard, it seems like every mistake he makes, it ends up in the back of the Oilers' net. And that's kind of the same for the team right now. Like, I would, I hate to make this into a goaltending thing. They are dead last in the NHL in high danger save percentage, and it's not even close. They're at a 620. They're at, they're sorry, a 640. They're at 32nd. 31st in the league is Winnipeg at five on five at a 720. Like that's a huge gap from last to second last. I think there is also something to be said that they could use a hand more, handful more big stops at some point. And if that starts to come, if the goalies get up to a decent level, magically we will stop hearing about the defensive zone issues. To an extent, like Jack Campbell stood on his head in the second period last night and kept it three to two. But my goodness, their defense's own coverage was awful in the second period. The goalie just masked it. And then come the third period, you know, he was, he was unable to do it. He was unable to play, you know, that ridiculous. Like I, it was now, and it's Minnesota. The orders can't beat Minnesota. Just like they can't lose to Nashville. They can't beat Minnesota. But you know, now you, you look ahead to the Rangers. Um, like there's no lineup changes to be made other than Stuart Skinner. I Skinner's obviously going to start in goal. Right. Like, you know, here's the one thing I'll say this. I thought Matthias Janmark was better than Dylan Holloway last night and showed why the coach was right in putting him on that line. He held onto the puck. He made plays. He was a much more impactful player last night, last night than Dylan Holloway. Had a breakaway where he looked like a top six winger for a second. He got a step on the guy, burned him wide, drove in wide and just unfortunately couldn't finish it off. I think the forward lines could actually probably stay the same next game. I don't think you need to jumble them up too much because I'm with you. I thought Matthias Janmark looked good. That third line didn't get scored on. The team gave up seven goals. And the third line of McLeod, Brown, and uh, McLeod and Brown, they, they didn't get touched once negatively on the score sheet. So I think that's a duo that Jay Woodcroft has maybe found some trust in. I think he should keep rolling with them. The second line scored a bit. They also gave up a ton of goals. I think you can run them back pretty confidently as well. The one thing I wanted to pick your brain on, what do you think about the power play and the decision to go with Evander Kane there? I know he scored, got that nice deflection in front. That's great. I thought early on the play was dying on his stick a lot. I wonder about Ryan McLeod just trying to be the McDavid replacement and the way he can use his speed on the zone entries, the way they like to drop it back. I wonder if maybe they should make a switch on the power play. Um, in, in what regard? Just moving Kane off and going with someone like McLeod, who's a little bit faster, or just using that fifth spot as a reward the hot hand. Go with Fogel, throw anyone out there. I felt like the play was dying with Kane a lot in the first half of the game. Well, I'll say this. I felt on the five-on-three, Kane's not a passer. 
That's not his strength. Yeah. And he was the one who was down low in the corner, always trying to make the pass. I don't think they, I don't think they put the, the, the setup for the five on three. And that's because there was like, I think four passes in a row. You have Nugent Hopkins is your best passer, right? Well, obviously dry settle, but dry settle, they want him on the right side for the one timer, right? I just, I don't, I think, you know, you make one change because it's probably only a few games. And so that keeps things as close as you can. But for that five on three, A, you don't practice it very often. B, Kane's probably never played that position anymore, but he's not a passer, right? So I don't think it was a lack of speed that was the issue on that power play. It's Kane doesn't have like, it just shows you Kane's a really good NHL player, but it shows you how good Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale McDavid are on the power play because they complete 90% of their passes. Yeah, they and they still managed to zip it around a decent amount. They got a power play goal, like probably nothing really worth complaining about, I guess. So, yeah, maybe it's the same lineup coming back against the Rangers tomorrow, and that will probably anger some people. Well, yeah, th- there's there's not much option for the coach to do at this point, right? Um, to me, I do wonder at some point uh, with seven defensemen, if you keep having the same mistakes, maybe somebody misses a shift here or there. We'll see. But... When I look at the, the orders consistent, like the lack of execution and focus to me is the biggest problem. And I don't know how to magically fix that. And I wonder, and it sucks for other fans to say this because, you know, so the orders will play tomorrow. Then they have a Friday, Saturday, play Sunday, and then they don't play again until a Thursday. So after tomorrow, they only play one game in a week. They could have three really good practices, like really good practices. And I think that's probably what they need because they got to practice to get the bad out of their game. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Maybe this Heritage Classic thing is coming at a good moment for them because they have that baked in three days off immediately after that in between games. So I think that's probably part of it. The only counter argument to that is like we're early in the year. Like if you need hard practices to get these mistakes out of your game, this is the group that came back early in September because they wanted to start training camp on time and be ready to go by puck drop. So the fact that we're sitting here being like, ah, yeah, like a few practices might fix this. Why didn't training camp just get you set out on the right track in the first place? It is weird. And the other thing is how lethargic they've looked in the third period. That to me might be one of the more concerning things. If you don't score 10 to one in the third period, they got the second most goals in the first period. So they haven't started poorly really um, in most of their games. Even last night scored first goal, scored it early, right? Uh, probably could have gone up two nothing on the five on three. That might've made a big difference, but starts haven't been a factor. And like, it's odd to me at how overwhelmed at times they've been in the third period of games. And someone I'm reading some of your Facebook and YouTube comments too. And this is something people complained about on my show today. The too many men penalties. I don't remember the last time I saw an NHL team take three too many men penalties in the same game. And Griggs, they easily could have gotten more. Like there was a couple of really close calls as well in that game where you're like, Oh, they might take. Okay. Nope. They're good. They're safe. And to me, it's like lack of focus, lack of awareness. I, I don't even know the right word to use for it. it it's brain dead behavior to be taking three too many men penalties in a game. Ty, haven't seen it since 2012. Um, it tied an NHL record for the most uh, too many men on the ice penalty by a, a team in a game. Um, the Coyotes were the last team to do it in 2012. And uh, it's happened seven other times in NHL history. So uh, rather rare. But uh, the orders, it's a record you don't want to have, but now they've tied it. Yeah, it uh, that was just one of the many ugly moments. But you're also right with the starting on time hasn't been an issue. Like you even go back to the 8-1 drubbing in the season opener. 
first 10 minutes of that game, it was yes. like, oh, damn, Oilers, Oilers are looking good tonight. Yeah. And then they somehow crumble. So I don't know. It's it's the total reverse of what they've been for the last two years, where it's like, oh, my God, if they could just start on time, they'd blow everyone out. And now it's some sort of sick, twisted punishment for Oilers fans, where it's like, ah, you're going to get good starts, then the rest of the game will suck. Yeah, they uh, maybe they maybe they got to get on the treadmill, get their cardio up a little bit. I'm not sure, but it's been uh, it's been an odd start to the season for the Oilers, and they got to figure it out, though, man. Like their only saving grace is that a lot of the other teams in the Pacific, outside of Vegas are struggling uh, early on a little bit. That's their only saving grace. Uh, so, uh, But they can't wait much longer. This is a huge uh, two games. Uh, it should be an emotional night tomorrow. Doug Wake, Charlie Huddy go up on the wall of fame. And then, of course, uh, Sunday, the uh, the outdoor game, which is an exciting game for both teams. Uh, the players love it. You know, you kind of have your inner youth come out again. So uh, we'll see how they do. But, man, it's... Uh, I think it's going to be a stress game tomorrow. They have the, the ceremony before the warm-up. For, uh, for wait. So get in your seats early, by the way. If you're going tomorrow, you want to get there early to see, uh, Doug Waite and Charlie Huddy. And, and then we'll see. I think that'll be an exciting time for fans. But, uh, something tells me the game will be, uh, maybe a little nerve wracking for, uh, for the fans because the last thing they want is a one, five and one start. And I mean, granted, the Oilers have gotten to, you know, they got to UC Soros in Nashville. So it's not exactly a team that should be scared of any, op- of any opposition goaltender, but, Going up against the Rangers, if it's Igor Shesterkin in net and you don't have Connor McDavid, it's a little bit of like, oh boy, you need to be, you need to fix up what's going on in your D zone. And then tomorrow night, you need to be really darn good in the offensive zone if you want to beat that guy. Have yourself a good one, my man. Uh, We'll chat with you next Wednesday. Thanks, Rex. There you go. That is. Tyler Ramchuk, Orders Nation, uh, Orders and Rangers. You want to go? We got uh, two sweet seats. We'll give those away before the end of the program. Uh, when we come back, uh, who is it Wednesday? I've had a few guesses. No one's correct. We'll tell you who it is next after Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update presented by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 